Hi, I'm Heather Monthy from the About the Tea and STEM podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. The end goal is student learning. How are we going to best get there through these discussions and through resources? Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast, the show where educators can come find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. Hey, Leader of Learning, welcome back once again to episode 59 of the podcast. I hope you had an amazing holiday season, and I want to wish you a happy new year, as this is the first episode in the year 2020. If you're like me, uh, you're not so much into setting resolutions, but I have gotten into the one-word trend that has uh, taken the education Twitterverse by storm over the past few years, and for me... This year in 2020, my one word is I want to continue to make a large impact both in my day-to-day work at my school and with this podcast and any other way that I'm able to impact education beyond the four walls of my school building. And to that end, I've actually made a change already in what I'm doing here with the Leader of Learning podcast, and that is starting today as I release episode 59 on Monday, January 6, 2020, I am vowing to continue for the rest of this year and for the future to publish episodes every week. So instead of the every other week format that I have kept since really the show started over two years ago, I'm now switching to a once a week format so that I can continue to provide you, my leaders of learning out there with amazing content and amazing guests every single week. I am really, really looking forward to it. I'm also curious as to what are your one words or resolutions or goals for 2020. I would love for you to share that with me. Find me on social media. Contact me at leaderoflearning.com slash contact. Email me at dan at leaderoflearning.com. And please let me know what your goals are. And if there is any way that I can help you or support you in that, it would be my absolute honor. Now, as for this episode, I have another amazing guest. Dr. Matthew X. Joseph is the author of Power of Us, Creating Collaborative Schools. He's also co-author of the new Modern Mentor, Reimagining Mentorship in Education book with Susie Brooks. That book was published by Times 10 Publishing, which is part of the Lead Forward series. You might remember I had Chrissy Romano Arabito on as a guest not too long ago. She has the book Quiet Kids Count, part of the same series. Dr. Matthew X. Joseph has collected incredible insights on how best to support teaching and learning. His work has led to nationally published articles and opportunities to speak at multiple state and national events. He's been a school and district leader in many capacities in public education over a 25-year career. Experiences such as being the director of digital learning and innovation, an elementary school principal, classroom teacher, district professional development specialist. He currently serves as the director of curriculum instruction and assessment in the Leicester Public Schools in Massachusetts. I am very excited to present to you my interview with Dr. Matthew X. Joseph. 
I am joined in this episode by another amazing guest and another member of what is seeming to be just an, a, an incredibly rapidly growing number of authors as part of this Times 10 publishing group, Dr. Matthew X. Joseph, who is the co-author of the brand new book, The Modern Mentor. Again, Times 10 publishing, and it's part of uh, the Leading Forward or Lead Forward series. We just had Chrissy Romano Arabito on as a, a recent guest talking about her book on introverted students, Quiet Kids Count. Dr. Joseph, welcome to the show. I'm really happy to have you here. And of course, as all my guests do, if you could just start off by introducing yourself. Who are you? Where are you? And what do you do? Uh, thanks for having me, Dan. Uh, my name is Matthew Joseph. I am the Director of Curriculum and Instruction in Leicester Public Schools, about 40 miles west of Boston, and it kind of neighbors um, Worcester, Massachusetts. And uh, yes, I'm part of the Lead Forward team, which is under the umbrella of the Times 10 publication. It's the new series from Times 10 publication coming off of the Hack Learning series, which they're still publishing and working through. And then this series is about uh, Lead Forward series with different types of uh, books from be Excellent on Purpose, as you said, Quiet Kids Count, and then us, um, our current book, which is the fourth book, is The Modern Men. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about that book in just a few minutes. Before we get there, just before we hit record here and, and started talking, you mentioned how you're in a new district this year. Um, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think it's necessarily a new role for you, but definitely a new district. How are things going there? Uh, things have been great. I have, this has been almost a dream job in a sense for me where um, I was a principal of an elementary school for in two different districts for a total of 11 years. And then the last three years, I had a role in a uh, district role as a district digital learning uh, director. But my real passion is working with teachers, coaching principals, delivering professional development um, in this district, uh, Leicester, Massachusetts, and the superintendent, Marilyn Tenza afforded me this opportunity and jumped in both feet. And it's been everything I hoped it would be and expected. And then some having the opportunity to work with teachers to talk about shifting instructional practices and bringing in some of the digital learning tools that I had experience with in the past, putting those into practice to shift instructional practices and then essentially create and launch professional development that matches our goals to create future-focused students. We just had a professional development day on Friday, a few days ago. So it's December 10th, depending on when this comes out. So we really focused on how are we increasing thinking skills in learning and in that process, how are we asking questions to give students a voice? So this is a new role for me this year in Leicester, but it's one that I'm excited to, to be in and look forward to even bigger things to come. That's awesome. Now, you've held, obviously, many roles uh, in education. You, you mentioned how you were a principal and, you know, now this role kind of, it sounds like it gives you an opportunity, a great opportunity to not only coach, like you said, principals and, and building administrators, but also teachers. And I guess I'm wondering, and I, I always find it fascinating. So uh, I'm interested to hear your answer here. Like, when did you know that you wanted to make that shift, not just like getting out of the classroom, but that you really wanted to concentrate and focus on the adult learning? Um, so during my time as a principal, I had the opportunity. Um, this was about 10 years ago when the Massachusetts evaluation system started to really take shape. And one of the parts that I liked about the evaluation process was the co-planning before or talking about the lesson 
having an opportunity to view that learning and then talk with the teachers after. Yes, there's ratings and yes, there's evaluation piece of that. But what really struck me was those conversations with teachers and saying how we can enhance learning. Let's try this. And that really got me excited. And then when I attended Boston College for my doctorate degree, one of my studies was on how to enhance job satisfaction for teachers. And one of the things, my number one study uh, finding was interpersonal relationships was really what created that job satisfaction because that gave teachers value. That was about five years ago. And that's when I realized like that's really where I wanted to bring my next phase of the, my career and go into a central office position, not so much as a superintendent, but in a role that I could coach principals, get into classrooms and support the learning. And even today, even though I'm a central office employee, I'm in about five to 10 classrooms every day to make sure I see what's happening, talk with teachers, have conversations with students. And if I'm really charged with creating professional learning opportunities for teachers and bringing in resources, I have to see what's going on. So that shift of when I really saw that teachers wanted to, to that would enhance their job was being valued and interpersonal relationships. That's when I knew for me, that's the next direction for, to go, which um, is what drove me to the last position. And then this one really matched everything that I was looking to do professionally. It's been a great, a great match. That's awesome. And I, I find it fascinating that you say that your study essentially led you to a finding uh, uh, that that went back to the relationship building piece, because I have found similar findings in, in my research. And, uh, you know, I'm not I'm still not quite finished up or as far along uh, as you. But, you know, my study, and, and I don't want to go too deep into it, we're, we're supposed to be talking about mentoring and your book and all that. But like, I, I'm studying uh, how school-based administrators can inspire a growth mindset in classroom teachers. And uh, while the word relationship isn't necessarily a theme that came out of the study, uh, definitely there are aspects of relationship building in there. Uh, for example, a theme that I that I kept finding throughout a lot of the interviews and the observations that I that I came out with was that the participants, the school administrators that I talked to, said they really like to make people feel comfortable, right? If they if they know that the goal is to change, and like you said, uh, when you coach principals, when you coach teachers, essentially what you're doing is you're trying to get them to you know innovate further. So. I guess what I'm wondering, and and you, you, by the way, this is like off the record in terms of my dissertation research because that's all done. Um, mm. Like, like how how do you do that? You know what I mean? Like, so we'll get into the mentoring in in a minute, and this is sort of my segue, I guess. Like, how how do you when you're working with teachers? You said you're in classrooms five to ten times a day. That's awesome, by the way, uh, that that you have the time to do that. How how do you make the the people, the teachers, the principals feel comfortable enough to want to innovate, to want to change? Uh, well, it starts with the foundational piece of showing that you're invested in them. Um, Steve Covey wrote, seek first to understand before you're understood. And especially going into a new role, my big piece was, I want to see how you teach. I want to see what works for you. Because I know you said we'd eventually get into mentoring, but this is exactly what mentoring is. Mm -hmm. we're, I really, agree. we're really showing this is important to me that I see you. And it goes back to the value of teachers. So the first month I just spent going in, meeting people, talking with students and building that foundation of trust. 
So you talked about a growth mindset. I talked about value. That The foundation of that is building trust because we're not going to ask teachers to take an instructional risk. We can't ask teachers or principals or superintendents to have a growth mindset if there's not a trusting, psychological safe environment that's in place. So the first step in that for me was letting people know the first day of school when we gathered everybody in the auditorium, said, this is who I am. My drive, my goal, my passion is turning potential into power. And that's what I want to do for you. And to do that and just laid out, I'm going to be in classes. I'm going to be asking students these three questions. What are you learning? Why are you learning this? And how does it tie in so that I can support you, meaning the teacher, to reach that goal? Because as students' interests shift, as students' needs shift, as resources shift, we have to stay ahead of that curve. So to answer your question, that foundation is built on trust, it's built on visibility, and it's built on approachability. So we have those conversations. We have those verbal brainstorming. And we have that discussion of like the end goal of student learning. How are we going to best get there through these discussions and through resources? That's awesome. And actually, uh, it's very coincidental and timely that just today I... Uh, I recertified as a mentor. I, I don't know how Massachusetts does things in Connecticut. Every beginning teacher and actually student teachers as well go through a uh, a statewide. You know, it's under the direction of the Connecticut State Education Department, uh, a mentoring program. And uh, a handful of years ago, when I made the switch from teaching in New York to coming to Connecticut, I knew that that was something that I wanted to do, and I, I was recommended by the administrators in my building. And uh, I, I was up for recertification this year and I had put it off for a little while and I didn't even have you in mind when I did it, but like just today I, I recertified. So uh, like I said, it's kind of timely. Let's talk about the book a little bit. So The Modern sure. Mentor, uh, you co-wrote it with Susie Brooks. And uh, well, let's just, let's talk about that for a minute. How, how did you and Susie hook up? Did you, did you know each other ahead of time? Do you just both find that you have that passion for mentoring? How did that come about? Uh, so it came about through, um, so MS, MAACD, which is the Massachusetts affiliate for ASCD. So Susie Brooks was at the time the vice president of MASCD and Empower 18 was in Boston. So we were the host city essentially for the national ASCD event. And as a, a board, I was entitled, you know, they hired me, essentially they didn't hire me, but they asked me if I could be the social media director at the event. They know that I like to talk to people. They know that I'm very active on Twitter. So they asked me to write a pre-blog, uh, a blog during the uh, Empower 18 and a blog after, and then tweet throughout the whole thing. So Susie Brooks, as the, at the time, assistant um, director, president of the board, she would edit all my work, edit the blogs, help me out. And we created kind of just a friendship through that. And then at Empower 18, Mark Barnes from Times 10 was at the event. And we just started talking and talking about ideas and kind of drummed up a possibly mutual interest. And and to be honest with you, I started to send him a few pitches. And we laugh about this day. And he's like, no, this isn't going to fit. This isn't going to fit. And went through like a few ideas that just didn't work, to be honest with you. And I want to be honest with the audience. Like these things just don't happen. Um, and then I said, you know what has always worked for me? Working with somebody else. So the, the pitch for Modern Mentor, I wrote the pitch, sent it to Susie and said, would you mind editing this for me? Well, not only did she edit it, she said, this is an interest to me as well and added some information. We made a co-pitch 
and sent it into Mark Barnes. And at that point, it was like, now we're rolling. He's like, we're in, signed us, and we are off and running. That's great, man. I have a lot of respect for Mark and and what he's doing and what everyone at Hack Learning and, and Times 10 are doing. You know, Mark has been a guest on here. And, and actually, I don't say this often. Uh, and what am I now? Almost 60 episodes into the show. I think he's probably been one of my most favorite guests that I've gotten to talk to and not just because of the conversation that we had, uh, you know, while we were recording and, and putting out the episode, but, um, I've been able to speak to him and, and meet up with him a couple times since. And, um, I could just like, I don't know, he's like so real and, and he's so passionate about what he does and, um, not that other people aren't, but, uh, I just really appreciate him and what he's doing. And, um, you know, we've had, uh, like I said, Chrissy has been uh, a, a guest and, and now you. And so, uh, I don't think it's much of a coincidence that that you guys are doing some big things. Um, so now, in terms of the book, and I have to be transparent with my audience. I've already told you I have the book. I got the Kindle version. I'm really excited about reading it. Uh, you know, as a coach and and as interested as I am in adult learning, I think this is right up my alley as well. I just haven't gotten there yet. But in again, in full transparency, we're recording this in like mid December. The episode is not going out until. Uh, what do we say? Next decade, right? Yeah, after kicking the, off 2020. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, the new year, but I uh, haven't gotten there yet. I'm looking forward to reading it over the, the Christmas break. So uh, give us a glimpse into it. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people have an idea about what mentoring is, but sometimes people's ideas of mentoring differ like tremendously. Would you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. I think not only do they have a differing opinion on mentoring, and sometimes they feel it's coaching, that they feel that it's only for a first-year teacher. And one of the things that I was incredibly excited about, and I have to you know, second everything you said about Mark, is he allowed us to brainstorm, he allowed us to take risks, he allowed us to try some things, is that the book is essentially 12 chapters, and it's broken up in almost you know, four mini sections. We do talk about mentoring new teachers because it's incredibly important to welcome in new teachers to a, a district. And we know that the turnover after three years without a, a peer support or mentor creates almost a 50% turnover with to, compared to teachers that don't have it. And that was part of some of the work I did at Boston College. It got me started thinking about this is that that piece of this enhancing job satisfaction for novice teachers was critical. But People knew a lot about that, or we hear a lot about a structured mentoring program. We wanted to go a little bit further. The next third, you know, next quarter of the book talks about peer mentoring, veteran teachers working with each other to enhance our work. Because too often when we think about mentoring, it's first year teacher. It's not the 10th year teacher who can work with a 12th year teacher to learn something new from each other. So we talk a lot about peer mentoring. We talk a lot about peer-to-peer mentoring. And we talk about a lot of online mentoring with, you know, I have some great connections who, to be honest with you, haven't met in person yet. We've connected online. We've connected through blogs and chats. So that was another piece that we looked at. Then we looked at how are we mentoring our aspiring leaders. Too often, the great teachers are pushed into administrative roles too quickly. What happens is you have a great teacher and a novice leader. And we look at that mentoring piece of how are we giving our aspiring leaders training before they get into the seat. Um, And then the last third of the book is looking at, or the last quarter of the book is looking at sitting leaders. Because very similarly to a veteran teacher, a veteran leader, we need to support each other because you become a singleton, essentially. When I was a principal of a building, I was the only one. 
And I'd have to call another school at that point to have a colleague at the same kind of level and going through the same thing. So we talk about strategies to stay current as a sitting leader, strategies to ensure we're not stagnant and how we can communicate in what is could be kind of a lonely position as a singleton leader um, in a building or a district. I'm, I'm actually thinking of a story. Well, it's not really a story, but I'm thinking of an experience that I had as a relatively young teacher. Um, I first started my career in the Bronx in New York City schools, and we had two ELA and two math teachers per grade level. Uh, and so I was one ELA teacher. There was another ELA teacher. I'm going to I'm going to give her a shout out. I know she's not listening and I don't know that anyone listening would even know her. But Moira Ryan uh, was she hadn't been teaching too long, but she was she was a veteran of life, let's say. She wasn't, uh, you know, she wasn't a spring chicken, if you will. And, uh, you know, here I was, you know, a couple years out of school, uh, getting my feet wet in the education game. And I think, I don't know that we, either of us realized it at the time, but I do think we were mentoring each other. Uh, There were definitely things that I was learning from her and her veteran ways about, um, classroom management, first and foremost, uh, about how to inspire a passion for reading and literacy in students. And I think she was learning from me things like educational technologies and, um, and I think in some ways relationship building with students as well. I don't know. In some ways, it wasn't until like just now, even thinking about that, that I even thought that that was mentoring in, in its finest. And like you said, mentoring doesn't have to be super formal. It doesn't have to be where a veteran teacher is only mentoring a, uh, a beginning teacher. I guess what I'm wondering is like, are there any other um, scenarios where mentoring would come to light that people wouldn't think of right away? Well, the other piece that is exciting about this series, the Lead Forward series, it's not, I don't want to say traditional book where it's chapter one through chapter 12, words, words, words. Yes, it's all words, but it's the power of this book is that it's stories and strategies in every chapter. It's written with a story from the field. It gives a scenario of a mentoring possibility um, and then a strategy to really enhance that connection, either a positive story or a story of mentoring gone wrong. Um, and one of the things that you said was that it's not just the, a teacher and a new teacher, that mentoring is a mindset. We often don't say, this is a mentor, that's a mentor, or I'm a trained mentor, I'm not. But it's about building that relationship and it's about supporting each other to take one step forward, take two steps forward. And like the example you gave was great that, yes, one of you was the mentor, one of the mentee, but part of being a modern mentor is having an open mind that you're going to learn as well. You know, when when you have people who, uh, you know, are getting out of their own space and watching how others operate in their spaces and, and learning how they do things that are different from the way that, you know, one teacher sees in their classroom, then... I think it's pretty powerful. Absolutely. And I think that's, you touched upon multiple chapters in the book of like having that opportunity to see what else is going on and having that opportunity to grow. One of my, one of my favorite chapters is chapter 10, teaching an old dog new tricks. And and that wasn't meant in in a negative sense, but it's really looking at how, when you have been a veteran teacher, are you going to reflect on what you're doing? How are you going to learn some of the new strategies? And then how are you going to grow because of that? And a few stories in that chapter really talk about how some of the veteran teachers felt stuck in their ways and they didn't know how to get information. They didn't know how to get some new resources and kind of just 
was doing what they were doing because they didn't know some of the new strategies. So providing them with a mentor who was not uh, the principal was important to identify. And there's a big piece of that in the book of how do we identify mentors? And one of the examples I use, I don't know if you're a baseball fan at all, but being from the Bronx, I'm going to go with your baseball fan. I am a baseball fan, just not the Bronx team. Okay, fair (laughs) enough. Uh, The Queens team is my team. All right, all right. Uh, being from Massachusetts, you'll know my team. But of course. So the, the big piece in the book I talk about is creating a farm system, a farm team for mentors. As, as leaders, we need to identify those strong mentors. And they may be different than the strong teachers. Great stuff, man. I, I think, uh, I, well, I've already said how excited I am to read the book. And I do mean that. And, and I think you've covered quite a bit. I'm looking forward to you know reading about the stories that you have uh, touched upon a little bit and, and definitely picking up on those strategies that you mentioned that are throughout the book as well in terms of, you know, what mentoring looks like and, and how to really do it. You know, as we wrap up here, is there anything else that uh, without giving too much away, is there anything else that you'd like to tease out about the book? One of the things that I'm really excited and proud of is it's almost a blueprint for districts. And within the book, there's also at the end of each chapter, uh, it's called the Lead Forward Journal. And it gives individuals an opportunity to reflect on the chapter, look at the stories, and then it's like a call to action. How are you going to take this and put it into practice? So whatever chapter it is, if it's from mentoring a new teacher to if you're a district, how are you going to revamp your mentoring program? Um, Or if you're just looking to get into being a mentor, we go through self-reflection questions. We go through some questioning so that you can say, is this something I want to do or not? And it it's not just for that singleton mentor. It's for anyone in the district to really look at and grow as a professional for themselves. And then just like we ask students, to be honest with you, we're asking students to transfer learning. They learn something new and then they transfer it to a real life scenario. That's how I base this book. We want to give individual readers an opportunity to learn and then a call to action of how are you going to transfer that learning to your school, or your district. Excellent, man. I've really appreciated this conversation. Uh, I could probably talk about some of this coaching and mentoring and adult learning stuff like for a long, long time, but I think uh, that'll be enough for one episode. <laughs> uh, listen, for any of the podcast listeners, episode 59 in the show notes, you can, of course, find all of Dr. Matthew Joseph's information, uh, including where you can find the book. There'll be a link, uh, an Amazon link in the show notes. So leaderoflearning.com slash episode 59. Where else can they find you out there in terms of connecting with you and finding you on social media? Um, I'm on Twitter to try to be on many chats. I'm running a lot of chats lately. They'll be finished by the time this comes out. But look for me on Twitter at Matthew X Joseph. If you want to learn more about the series, follow at Lead Forward 2. That's probably the best place to find me. I'm on LinkedIn. If you put my name, it's one of the first ones to come up or Facebook. Fantastic. Listen, again, I I really can't say enough about uh, the 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 people, the authors, Mark Barnes, everyone at Hack Learning, and the Lead Forward series, uh, including Chuck Poole, who I think needs a big shout out. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and everyone involved in the Lead Forward series. So, um, congratulations well, on you. the book and and all the success, the new job this year, and and everything that you're doing there up there in Mass. Thank you so much, man, Not for cool. your time. And uh, Thank you, you know, Dan, definitely when I, yeah, absolutely, when I get around to checking out the book, I'll reach out to you and 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 let you know what I think and how how I'm gaining inspiration from it as well. Thanks so much. All right, well, thanks for having me. 
Thank you to my guest, Dr. Matthew X. Joseph. I don't know about you, I really love getting to talk about mentoring in education and, and specifically when and how mentorship can take on this natural and organic form as opposed to something that's prescribed by a school, a district, or a state just for maybe newer teachers or untenured teachers. I encourage you to look into the Modern Mentor book and really any that have come out by the Times 10 Publishing Group. I, I have tremendous respect for that organization, as I said in the interview. I also want one more time to wish you and your family a happy new year. And again, I want to hear from you. Let me know what your goals are for 2020. As I mentioned, one of my biggest goals, especially for this podcast, is to continue to make an impact as a content creator and put out episodes every single week. I know you're coming with me along for the ride, so I really appreciate your support in that. But if there is anything that I can do to support you in 2020, please let me know. Contact me at dan at leaderoflearning.com or on any social media platform, and I will be more than happy to help you and support you in any way that I can. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Also, if you enjoy the content shared on the show, please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. I would also appreciate it if you would leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or whatever podcast app you use to listen. For more information about me or this show, head over to leaderoflearning.com. While you're there, you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, how to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Voxer, sign up for our newsletter, and even find out how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again, and remember, no matter who you are, or where you are, you too can be a leader of learning.